Good morning. Like Nelson told you, my name is Mary Harrison, and I am a covenant partner here at Community West Church. My husband Tom and I have three children, and when our children were little, I remember fondly those summer afternoon rest periods. They may not have been my children's favorite time of the day, but they certainly were mine. Luckily, my children loved to read. They really liked those choose-your-own-adventure books. The idea behind those books is that they're written from the point of view of the hero. That's you. At certain points in the action, you get to decide what the hero of the story is going to do next. The story starts. The action builds. You make choices between two things. There's two tunnels, two doors, two weapons. The story is different depending on what you, the hero, picks. Now, it makes sense to me that these books are popular because whether we are Christians or not, we all like to believe that we're the center of our own stories. Are we? Am I the hero of my story? Are you? Spoiler alert, we're not. Let's pray for our time together one more time. Father, thank you so much for each person that you have brought here today. Whether we're in person, whether we're on live stream, Lord, you see our hearts, you know our lives. Thank you for the privilege of bringing this message today. Lord, that we would be enriched and empowered by the truth of your word. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. As you can see from the front of the worship guide, we are in a sermon series called Sharing the Good News. When we have good news, it is natural to want to share it. And as Christians, we share our good news. We tell other people about Christ. In prior weeks, we have learned about the good news of God. We've learned about his love and his grace and his righteousness. And this week, there is more good news. God lovingly pursues us. Like the shepherd who won't rest until he finds the lost one. He leaves the 99. He comes to rescue us. But the even better news, not only does God lovingly pursue us, he uses us to lovingly pursue others. We really are sharing in the good news because God has a part and we have a part. But sometimes I think we get mixed up. I think we think we're the shepherd. We think we're the hero of this story. And folks, we are all just part of the flock. So this is the question I find helpful for us this morning. In sharing the good news, what is God's part? And what is our part? Our text today is from the book of Acts in the New Testament. Luke who's one of the apostles, wrote Acts, as well as the Gospel of Luke. 
Now, Acts begins after the resurrection, after Jesus' resurrection from the dead, but just before he ascends back into heaven. One of Luke's purposes in writing Acts is to show that Jesus' work in the world doesn't end with his ascension, but instead it ushers in a new beginning for the church. At the very beginning of Acts, Jesus tells us plainly what his plan is for the church, what his plan is to make more believers. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In God's story, the disciples are the plan. God's people are the plan. We are the plan. Is the Holy Spirit important for this work? No, the Holy Spirit is essential for this work. The disciples received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. The Bible describes a sound like the blowing of a violent wind from heaven. It filled the house. And something like tongues of fire came down and rested on the disciples. That is God's part. That's the part only he can do. But what about everybody else? What about those of us who weren't at Pentecost? Do we get the Holy Spirit too? Well, in Acts, the Apostle Peter assures us that we do. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit when we repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus. That's how God works in us and through us. He equips and empowers us through the Holy Spirit. He pursues us, and he uses us to pursue others. So today we're going to study the scripture passage about Philip and the Ethiopian to understand that in sharing the good news, God's part is his loving pursuit of the world and his pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And our part is to stay alert to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to remember that Scripture matters, and to always point to Jesus. Now let me say that again, because this is our big idea today, and we don't want to miss this. In sharing the good news, God's part is his loving pursuit of the world and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And our part, our part is to stay alert to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to remember that Scripture matters and to always point to Jesus. So let's look at our story. If you'd like, you can follow along in the worship guide, or if you have your Bible and you want to turn, we're again, we're in Acts. We're in Acts. Acts is right after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you hit Acts. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. In verses 26 and 27, we read, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
So he started out. First, who is Philip? Philip is one of the early Christians. He's not a disciple, but he was a leader in the church. He is one of seven men described as being full of the spirit and wisdom. Just prior to this story, Philip has been in Samaria, witnessing, preaching, casting out evil spirits, healing, and most importantly, baptizing new believers. And this is when we see clearly that Philip is not the main character of this story. Because in the midst of his wildly successful ministry to the Samaritans, when an angel of the Lord appears and says to Philip, go south to a wilderness road, Philip does. He has no idea why he's going there. He has no idea what he's going to do. Would you do that? I don't know that I would. It's one thing to say that I know God's in charge. And it's another thing to live like it. Because if I'm honest, I like being the hero of my story. I like choosing how and when and where I serve God. Have you ever felt that urge to come over you to speak to a stranger? It seems to come out of nowhere. Let me tell you a story. My son Thomas and I were in a shoe store and he was trying on running shoes. The man helping us was friendly. We got to talking, as you do. He's tell he was telling us about his family, and then he asked me what I did. And I said, I'm in, I'm in seminary. I'm pursuing my Masters of Divinity. And he looked shocked. And I said, why? What's wrong? And he told me that he'd been feeling God's call to attend seminary himself for the last couple of years. He'd been looking at websites and he'd been talking to people, but he just hadn't made a commitment yet. And it was the weirdest thing. I just felt this compulsion come over me. And I looked him right in the face and I said, well, what are you waiting for? And we both stared at each other. And he just simply said, thanks. I needed to hear that. When you find yourself in an odd, unexpected situation, before you dismiss that inner voice, consider the Holy Spirit. Throughout Scripture, God has worked in odd and unexpected ways. A pillar of cloud and fire in the desert. A voice from a burning bush. A baby in a manger and a savior hanging on a cross. Getting back to Philip's story, in verses 27 and 28, he starts out, and on the way, he meets the Ethiopian eunuch who's sitting in his chariot reading from the book of Isaiah. Who is this Ethiopian? Well, he doesn't have a name, but we, we realize that he's from an African kingdom just south of Egypt, in the area that's known today as Sudan. But why an Ethiopian? At that time, in the first century, Ethiopia 
was viewed as the end of the earth. The Greeks used the term Ethiopia to just, it's a generic term to describe anything south of Egypt. The Old Testament portrays Ethiopia as the border of the known world. So let's not miss this. By witnessing to the Ethiopian, Philip carries the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Picking up in verses 29 and 30, the Holy Spirit continues to direct Philip, and Philip responds. He runs up to the Ethiopian and asks him a question. Do you understand what you're reading? He doesn't stand still and hope the Ethiopian doesn't notice him. He doesn't procrastinate, hope somebody with different gifting might come along. No, he trusts that the God he follows has equipped and empowered him just as God has moved towards him, he moves towards the Ethiopian. Verses 32 and 33 are quoted from the book of Isaiah. The first mention of Isaiah was back in verse 28. There's another mention in verse 30. So now we have heard the name Isaiah three times. And in the Bible, repetition highlights the importance of the text. So what is Luke trying to do? Why is he drawing our attention to this? These verses that are quoted from Isaiah are part of what Bible scholars call the servant songs. Hundreds of years earlier, the prophet Isaiah wrote about a servant who will bring about God's kingdom when he is rejected, humiliated, beaten, and ultimately killed by his own people. In verse 34, the eunuch asks Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? The Ethiopian wants to know, is, this, is Isaiah talking about himself? Is this Isaiah in these verses, or is there someone else? And Philip is ready with his answer. He knows his scripture. He's able to start with these verses about a humiliated, suffering servant and he's able to introduce Jesus to the Ethiopian. Continuing on in verses 36 to 38, the eunuch asks to be baptized. And while the Bible does not speak any more about the Ethiopian, there's evidence that suggests that he was part of sharing the good news in his own country. Though he returned home without formal church authority, he didn't go home alone. He had the Holy Spirit with him. Just as God used Philip to lovingly pursue the Ethiopian, he may have used the Ethiopian to pursue his own people, God's witnesses, to the ends of the earth. Now, though the story of Philip and the Ethiopian was written in the first century in a different context, in a different culture, the ideas of God's part and our part are relevant for us today. Particularly for us here at Community West Church, as we move into this new season with our first facility, we would do well to remember our big idea. In sharing the good news, God's part is to lovingly pursue the world and pour out the Holy Spirit. 
And our part is to stay alert to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to remember Scripture matters, and to always point to Jesus. We stay alert to the prompting of the Holy Spirit by listening for that inner voice. Philip, who was full of the Spirit and wisdom, was not surprised when the angel of the Lord appeared and the Spirit appeared. Do we live with that kind of expectation? Because just as the Ethiopian was central to this story, think of the people God places in your path as equally precious. What if those encounters that you think are random, are forgettable, are just plain odd? What if they are central to God's story? I have no idea what impact I may have had on that shoe salesman. But what are we waiting for? Remember, Scripture matters. When, Ethi when the Ethiopian read aloud from Isaiah, Philip knew the text and was able to begin there and tell the rest of the story. We have to know the Word of God. Like Philip climbing up into the chariot alongside the Ethiopian, sometimes evangelism is as simple as two people sitting together and opening Scripture. Start today. Pick one of the Gospels. Pick Acts. I love Acts. It's so exciting. There's tongues of fire and, and shipwrecks. There's prison breaks. Read one chapter a day. Talk to your friends about it. Talk to your family about it. There is no substitute. A book about the Bible will never have the power of the Bible. And we must always point to Jesus. Philip started in Isaiah, but then he explained how that scripture leads up to the good news about Jesus. When we explain why scripture matters because of Jesus, we offer the life-giving message of salvation. Whatever you're doing, wherever God places you, that is your ministry. Those people in your life right now, those are the people that God has brought into your life to love and to witness to. Start small if it feels awkward. Just be a friend. Be a trustworthy person who they might someday come to with questions. Be curious. Be kind. And be ready to point to Jesus if you're asked. If you're here today and you're ready to place your trust in Jesus, it's as simple as praying a sincere prayer. You can confess your belief in him, and you can turn and walk a new path. So in conclusion, church, be like Philip. Stay alert to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Remember, scripture matters. And always point to Jesus. Because unlike my kids, and their summer reading, as Christians, we don't actually choose our own adventure. We are not the heroes of our stories. What a relief! Because in Christ, and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we get to be part of the greatest adventure story ever told.
written by the author of life itself. Amen.